Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the Archipreneur Now podcast. We're getting artsy, we're getting funky, we are getting a little bit creative, that's right. And I am your host, Heath Armstrong, and I am going to drop some bombs today with a little special uh, with Aaron Fry from Lift.do. She is writing a book called The Strongest Mind in the Room. And it is all about mindfulness and meditation and the amazing effect it can have on the life of me and you and her and everybody else. I highly suggest you check out a free chapter, at least on their website, book.lift.do. She is a fantastic guest. I can't wait to roll into this episode Check out the app, Lyft. It will help you set your goals and meet them, and you get this amazing bit of inspiration. It's one of the first things I started using when I started reinventing my creative side. So everybody get super pumped up. Take your pants off, run around outside, do the jive, do the boogie, shake your bum bum, and we'll get right into this episode with Aaron. For all the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash Aaron Fry. That's E R I N F R E Y. Here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stinkity, stinkity, rickety, dickity beat. Yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. Well, then get on with your bad selves. Yeah. All the way from the Biggity Bay in San Francisco, California. Yay. She's playing her part in teaching all of us little boys and all of you little girls. The power of mindfulness and kickstarting a life of creativity. She's a writer and she's the head of research at Lyft, and she's scribing away on her newest book, The Strongest Mind in the Room. A skidamarinkity dinkity dink, a skidamarinkity doo. Aaron Fry, how are you? You are the entrepreneur now. <laughs> Thank you. That was by far the best intro I've ever received. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, sometimes I would like to get a recorder and just make one of those for myself and play it every morning when I wake up in the kitchen or something. That would and, be the, wake uh, me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of fun to do it. So thanks for being on the show. I'm so pumped that you're here. Uh, not only because I'm a huge fan of the app lift, which everybody should be checking out, not only just because it's an amazing app, but it'll actually transform your life. Um, for keeping habits and even breaking habits, you can you can use it for that and all sorts of other amazing stuff that we'll get into. But Erin does research and writing for Lyft also. She's got a, a nice background that she's going to get into here in a second. Uh, but she's actually in the process of writing a book called The Strongest Mind of the Room, which is all about meditation and mindfulness, which is super pumped up. It's amazing. So Erin, if you want to start like, Tell us a little bit about you know you and where you came from and and kind of how you transitioned into 
to getting with the company Lyft and working with them and, and then taking that from this is just an app to, hey, maybe we should write a book and start really getting into some things that actually matter like big time to some people? Yeah, well, um, where am I from? I guess I'm from New Jersey. It's a popular place to be from, not <laughs> not to go back to. Um, and I moved to San Francisco two years ago to join a tech company. I found I met the founder of Lyft, um, Tony Stubblebine, and just immediately connected to the mission, the vision of the company. Um, kind of clicked from there. Joined the company as head of community. Um, worked my way through learning support, community, social media, and um, started developing content and actually learned SQL just to play around in the database. And there was a lot of really fascinating data on Lyft, as you can imagine. We have um, hundreds of thousands of people using our app, um, tracking all of their daily habits. Um, And, you know, from that, we found, wow, it's really great. We we can figure out a lot of insights around how you build habits and what helps people stick help stick to habits. Um, and that's really where the content originally came from. And then with the book, I think, um, you know, to critique our own work and my own industry is there's a lot of great content out. There's a lot of content that could be better. And we wanted to bring really high quality content um, and make that available to people who are trying to start new goals and um, start new habits, um, including meditation. I think meditation is really one of the most um, powerful habits you can build um, as an entrepreneur, um, as anyone really. It really cl- clears your mind and gives you this control of focus that will help you in any endeavor. Yet it's so foreign to so many people. And so um, partly because of the language used to describe it and where it's from. So our goal with this book is really how can we describe meditation and explain it in a way that people can relate to. People can look at meditation and go, wow, I can do that. That fits my worldview. That fits, that could fit my life. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like extensive, you know, because when I first started meditating, I just, I literally used to laugh at people who meditated thinking it was some kind of joke. And now I look back and realize how just ridiculous I was being for doing that. And I know you've had, you've interviewed Kim Nickel, which has been a guest on this show and she's amazing. Uh, and she's got an awesome story being an attorney and and going to where she is now and teaching other attorneys mindfulness and meditation and really showing the power of it. Um, and then later tonight we'll have on Gina Cho, which, which will be another good one. She's kind of in the same ball game. Yeah. We just interviewed her as well for the book. Yeah. Awesome. So this book, they've taken it and literally done so much work with interviewing these people all over the place who do different things about how meditation changes their life. And so what are, what are some of the topics that you get into with this book? I know you asked them all particular questions uh, that, that break down, but as a whole, I, I got the first chapter, which you can get if you go, is it book.lift.do? Is that yep. correct? You go there, you can get a free chapter. And um, it was on productivity. All chapters. We'll, we'll be releasing all of them via email. So oh, that's amazing. That's well, if you, you know, get on early and you get special privileges, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what about a pizza party? You know, maybe the paleo people won't like a pizza party, but maybe some kind of party, something more on brand, maybe a meditation party. We were talking about a meditation silent disco. That would be fun, right? <laughs> that would uh, be kind of fun. 
<laughs> um, so you're asking what the book is about. I mean, in general, the book is about really like how meditation can help you achieve more at work or in your career um, with fo- focusing on, you know, how, how meditation affects your performance, productivity, creativity, and um, leadership abilities. And so with all the people we're interviewing, you know, ranges from artists to entrepreneurs to software engineers. We just had um, SVP of uh, engineering at Etsy, uh, John Allspot. We just interviewed him today. Um, Gina Cho, lawyer. Basically, how people who found meditation helped them in their career in some way and incorporating that into the book just to show you how, how it's relevant. Eric Stankvist was a guest on this show, and I don't know if have you interviewed him at all. Not yet. I'd love to. Who? Yeah. So he he teaches meditation also to poker players, and he's actually in Thailand. And I I could totally send you an I'll send you an email and introduce okay. you to him. But he's amazing, and I think he'd be a great one to put on there. But it's so fascinating reading through these interviews. I mean, I check it every day, and it seems like you're releasing more at least every day or every other day. Yeah, we're doing um, Monday through Friday. We're releasing an interview. Yeah, so. and I've been I've been reading through them, and you can learn a lot from them too. Like different different meditation habits in particular. And I know you guys have you were talking about all that data that you have, uh, mm-hmm. looking through the hundreds of thousands of users in Lyft. What what are some of the most popular habits that are on there? I mean, is meditation's got to be one of them that's pretty high up there. Meditation's definitely up there. I want to say it's number five in oh, terms wow. of. The most popular. And if you're interested in the meditation data, there's a whole site we have, lift.do slash meditation. Um, it has all the meditation data kind of condensed into a FAQ and also lists the guided meditations we have on the app because we have free guided meditations from comp.com, UCLA, um, in the app that you can use, um, which is really helpful when you're getting started. So in terms of the most Popular habits. I'm just going to go right in the app to check. Um, one second. I know the most popular ones are exercise. We all want to exercise more. Reading, meditate, sleeping by midnight is a big one. Um, setting priorities for the day. So I would say a healthy mix of health and productivity is really what our audience is going for, part, which is partly why meditation is such a great fit because it will improve both your mental health, which does connect to your body and just stress and relaxation, as well as the health of your brain and how well you think. Yeah, and you get, if you do go to lift.do.slash/meditation, uh, you you nail all these questions that I think common people that have never meditated. I mean, it's perfect for them to get on there and read. It's big and clear and straight to the point. You know, what will it feel like when I start? What are the benefits? How do I start yeah. meditating? What happens? Um, you know, one thing when we researched and we surveyed our meditation users constantly in the last two years. They're so great because they didn't mind at all. They loved it. I couldn't believe that I would send a survey out and I would get thank yous um, in response and email, you know? Um, And so through them, we learned a lot, you know, um, and you'll see it on there that like the biggest, some of the biggest um, problems or ways that you can, prevent yourself from building a successful meditation habit are just having expectations and having really high ones. So, you know, a lot of times people will start meditating and they'll sign up using an app and they'll try a 10 minute meditation. 10 minutes is really long when you're first starting. 
Um, and yeah, it it's is. okay, you know, I, and so it's okay to just meditate for one or two minutes if that's all you can do. And, um, you know, I've used 10 minute meditations and only listened to the first two or three minutes because sometimes that's all you want to do. And the second thing is people assume that your mind isn't supposed to wander. That's absolutely not true. You're not supposed to sit still and have a clear mind. That never happens in real life. The goal is that you learn to control bringing your mind back into focus when it does wander. So I think that's a really th- something that we're trying to be really clear about is that meditation is not about not thinking or not having thoughts. It's about training your mind to focus, spending that time, that 10 minutes, practicing bringing yourself back to the present. Yeah, I think sometimes it's really good for your thoughts to come in and out because you can flush them out of your head and then you don't have to sit there and ponder on them the rest of the day because we do have a lot of thoughts that are in the back of our mind that we can't directly think of. And when you start meditating, those will start flowing in and out and then you can bring your you know concentration back to your breath and learn that. And it, it, it becomes extremely powerful uh, for oh, me okay. and I'm sure for everybody who, who finally latches onto it and figures it out. Even me, you know, it's funny, I... When I started writing the book, I my practice fell a little bit to the wayside. I wasn't meditating, and I it was kind of horrible. I'm like, I'm writing a book on meditation, and I'm not making time to meditate. And then a month ago, I just um, I started practicing again regularly. I have a five day streak right now on Lyft, and the the change is just tremendous. Um, the clarity of mind, the focus, it really. Um, people have asked me many times, like, how do you know a meditation practice is working? And that's a really hard question to answer, but a really good, um, it just, you just start noticing things like you're able to focus longer. Um, and it's funny, some of the research we did in the productivity chapter showed that multitasking and like wandering mind, it train, if you multitask often, it trains your mind not to focus. And you'll see that with people who chronically multitask they have worse and more, a harder and harder time focusing and staying on the task for a long time. So really the training your mind to focus, even just for 10 minutes, you'll start noticing you can just get into flow and just work longer on a task without getting distracted. Um, another thing is um, a lot of people will notice the benefits on the day that they don't meditate. So They'll feel great, you know, but maybe they don't really know what's going on. Do I really, can I really tell there's a difference? But then they won't meditate for a day and they'll just have a rough time. They'll be completely disorganized. Something will feel wrong. And then they'll go, oh, I see. I can tell the difference now between the day that I meditated and the day that I didn't. That's so funny because that is so, so, so damn true. Uh, And you talk about how you don't have to start out with a lot of you know, minutes of meditation, literally, you know, I did Kim's five mindful minutes and she does these guided meditations and that's all I want usually is just five minutes. And then I have a custom one she made for me, which went to like, I think it's about 20 minutes, which is a long time for me still to sit there through that. And when I don't meditate for a day and I try to keep my street going on lift also, so I can get that virtual high five and that big explosion, it makes you feel good. Isn't that high five great? I know. (laughs) If I don't, and I I do multitask a lot, so that explains even more because you're always thinking of more than one thing. But -hmm. I can sit there and your mind just feels like some, you know, Chris Farley is like sitting on your head or like Mr. Slave from South Park just jumped on your head. It's like suffocating you. Uh, And then you sit down to meditate 
And when you open your eyes and kind of come back, it's like, wow, you know, you're in a whole nother world almost. You just feel so relaxed and calm and you immediately have clarity. Yeah. It's such a fascinating thing. And, you know, um, so two things. One, for building habits, very common um, cornerstone to habit building, which we all tend to forget is doing it every day, even for like a second, just doing it every day really helps you build that habit loop and continue your practice. Um, but especially for meditation, even those days that if you have a bad meditation, you're still going to, there's no bad or good meditation. Even if it's a little flutter that, uh, frantic that day, that's still going to help you. And, um, if you don't have time to meditate, just take, take 30 seconds to breathe in and out you know, 30 times and count your breaths or, um, there are a lot of micro meditations you can do. Uh, Jonathan Rosenfeld, he's an executive coach here in Silicon Valley. Um, he told us about, um, these micro meditations he used to teach people just to, you know, you don't, it's not the same as a deep practice of going in for 10 minutes or five minutes and doing the full mindfulness meditation. But if you don't have time or if you're feeling, um, frantic before a meeting or, while doing a project, take some time, take 20 seconds, to just breathe in and out, try to focus on the present. And that can help you calm down and get a similar benefit. Yeah. My favorite is the moment after the breath. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually started running without headphones after I started you told meditating. Me. And it's an amazing thing because I used to not be able to go like, as soon as the music stopped, I was done. Right. Yeah. How, now, yeah. I was so impressed by that. Yeah, I mean, I, and I got out there and I haven't run with headphones yet since, I mean, it's been about probably five months now. And when I'm running, literally, there's not, sometimes I get loops of music and songs going in my head over and over again. And sometimes I'm counting, but the majority of the time I'm breathing and kind of focusing on my breath and, and I'm actually solving problems in my head, like clearing things out of my head that I need to be thinking about when I'm running. So it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. It's kind of like a meditation within myself while I'm running. You know what's fascinating too is there are certain um, sports and activities that really do have this meditative effect on you. I think exercise, especially things that are repetitive like swimming, there are people who meditate or you know, quote-unquote meditate while they swim um, because you're having these repetitive breaths and just extreme focus to not drown, right? So you're, you're meditating um, there, are, when people run, you can get that similar benefit, which is kind of like that focus and being in the present that you're feeling sometimes instead of, you know, in addition to meditating, sometimes I'll just go and I'll play the same four strings of my guitar, yeah. Um, yeah. over and over and over again, and just be kind of like tunes you out, but just helps you focus on the present and you get that mind clearing effect. Um, and check you out, just playing the guitar too. Woohoo. <laughs> Serial yeah. entrepreneur. A bunch of I was a serial overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet entrepreneur. So you keeping it funky on that guitar? You playing a little funk or what? Um, I'm still I just learned I hope you can I hope you dance last night. Oh nice. Um not funk. I'm more into country actually, which is surprising. There's no reason for me to be into country. I'm from, I'm from Jersey, yeah. California. Um, you know, most people I know hate country, but I was always rock, putting on TNN as a TNN as a kid, the Nashville network, and just rocking out um, in my little TV room. So uh, I'm rekindling my love for country through practicing and learning guitar, and 
Yeah, that's a new that's a new thing. Yeah, I'm from Tennessee, so I grew up in Knoxville and Nashville all around that. My parents would do nothing but play country, which is probably one of the reasons that I got out and discovered all these other types of music. So I'm into all sorts of different stuff. But I have to say, once you go to those parts of the country, it's all country music. It's that was <laughs> astounded me how in you know New Jersey you get everything, all the all the different radio stations, any language you want. And then you go, you go to the South. I lived in Tennessee, um, in Memphis for a summer. I worked at St. Jude Children's Hospital. Oh, nice. Um, and gosh, I loved it. But the only thing on the radio was country. Every single station. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> It'll make your head explode after a certain amount of time, I promise. Anyway. <laughs> so who – I know when you meditate, obviously, do you, do you use guided – meditations or do you kind of just free for all um, and just keep it all in your head or do you listen to music or or what you know, I've done a bunch of things um, I like to go to this guided meditation class at another startup um, nearby they opened up the meditation class to us so I attend I love the in-person group meditations and I think that's really because I'm more of a social person and it just helps me focus knowing that I have to be in the room with them and that I can't just really escape. And this instructor is amazing too. So I just, I love that. I would definitely suggest if you feel like you need a group presence, look for a meditation community or, or even, you know, make your own and then listen to a guided meditation. But in a group setting, I think um, that's really great. I've listened to the guided meditations on Lyft on the days that I can't go to this group meditation class. I, um, I will put on a guided meditation um, I love the calm.com one. I love the, really all of them. Um, Budify has a meditation, pro, a med- guided meditation on our app as well, um, which are nice and short and really meant for workplace breaks. Recently, um, as I've built a stronger practice, um, I actually will put on a timer and put on some white noise or pink noise. I just went to RDO and Googled for some random noise track <laughs> and um, I'll listen to that in the office or just, you know, put earplugs in or attempt to meditate with nothing um, and just sound. And yeah, those are really all the, I've tried all different ways. Definitely guided meditation has been the number one thing for me. And to be honest, guided meditation for me was really hard at first. I probably went a year just not doing it, but not really enjoying it or loving it. And then um, it really, going to this guided meditation class and I think it was just finding a teacher who I could really connect with and an environment where I felt really comfortable that really just made all of the difference as well as um I think the key was too I learned a mindfulness exercise as opposed to meditation so we did this exercise called I am aware um and if we did the I am aware exercise it's me and another person and you talk to the other person and basically take turns saying, I am aware blank. So I am aware that um, I can feel the wind on my hand. I'm aware of an itch on my nose. I am aware of your blue eyes. I am aware of the talk, the clock tick-tocking next to me. And that's a little, pre- that's like a, it's like part of what you would do in a normal meditation. So breaking meditation down into a little exercise really helped me get comfortable with the whole aspect of meditation and practice. 
That's so that's super cool. I've never heard that before. Do your are your eyes open when you do that? Yeah, for this exercise, they are. Um, and there are a bunch of them. I mean, you can even if you break down, if you look at a meditation, a mindfulness meditation, there are a bunch of parts to it. Sometimes you're focusing on your breath. Sometimes you're doing a body scan, which is when you notice you pay attention to the different parts of your body from head to toe. And just take, you know, a couple seconds going over each body part and sensing how you feel, noticing if there's any tension or pressure anywhere. And then if you feel pressure or tension, trying to relax that area of your body. Um, And that's, you know, that's usually a part of a larger mindfulness meditation. So if you're having trouble doing the 10-minute meditation, try just doing a body scan by yourself once a day in which you sit and, you know, sit, sit somewhere alone away from other people and just for 30 seconds to a minute, close your eyes and go through your body from head to toe, noticing how you feel. That's, that's, you know, a mindfulness exercise that can help you build up to doing a full meditation session. <laughs> I have a lot to learn. So, so awesome. And I actually was just doing that while you were talking there, wiggling my toes. And I kept thinking of the little piggies going to the market. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to try some of that out because I've really just done these guided meditations and uh, surely I've been so busy. I get up really early and go to sleep probably later than I should. And it's usually action packed because, you know, I ball out hardcore all the time and bring the energy (laughs) And so that could be very helpful, actually. I mean, thinking about it. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, um, definitely. Just, you know, it's funny. People forget, I think, sometimes. I do it all the time, too. Like, anything you do can be broken down into parts. That's how startups, like startup um, philosophy, break down tasks and productivity philosophy, break the task down into smaller tasks. You can do the same thing with any habit. Break it down to the smallest thing you you can achieve in that moment and be comfortable with, and then build up from there. Oh, absolutely. And working backwards, there's so many different things that you can do with habits and, and they will take you up the biggest mountain that you want to climb. I mean, literally, and, and there's nothing better to help you get there than using lift because it will motivate you. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped up about the book releasing and I hope that everybody out there who hasn't experienced meditation should give it a little try and get a little funky and do a little boogie and it might make you feel pretty amazing on the other side of the fence. But looking at, you know, where you are now and and all the things that you've accomplished and working with Lyft and the background that you've had, what do you think you as a writer or as a creative, what do you think your ultimate long-term goal is? You know, do you have something much larger that you're working toward in the future? Um, Gosh, really lay down the hard questions here, Heath. <laughs> Five, ten-year plans. Um, you know, right now I'm still figuring out. I think it's really hard even in Silicon, especially in San Francisco. I think there's opportunities everywhere you look, and people tell you all sorts of things that it's hard to really decide on what you're going to do next, Let like in ten years, let alone in a year, right? Um, but I would like to keep writing. Um you know, career-wise, I've started to do a lot of writing. I do enjoy it, a lot of content marketing. Um, really, I think communicating stories and learning stories. I love, like, the interviews are my favorite part of the entire process. I love learning about people and 
finding out how we've changed, how meditations changed their life, um, just learning their stories. I think that's the most exciting thing for me. So something in the storytelling um, people area, um, definitely. But, you know, as far as where am I going, I'm not sure. The only thing I have clear is that I do want to start songwriting and singing. So <laughs> I wouldn't call that a career um, aspiration, but it's definitely a hobby aspiration. Nice. So, so fascinating. If you need somebody to lay down some mad rhymes over, over your songwriting, you just let me know. I would like, thank you. I would like um, to start blogging once a week. Um, that is a long-term career goal, um, which I think is required. And I blog for work every week, obviously, but I'm starting to do that on my own, maybe more creative writing. Um, it's funny how you just, you prioritize and you just don't have time and you to like, make time to fit those things in your life. So do you have a personal website or anything? Um, not one that's no, not, not really much. (laughs) Um, I was learning HTML and I have a crappy website, but I think I'm going to go back to about.me or Weebly or one of those, um, sites because I love coding. It's really fun, but, um, I'll leave it to the pros. (laughs) Well, nowadays you don't even really have to code. I mean, you can get a, a nice WordPress theme and exactly. do anything you want with it as long as you know how to use WordPress. Exactly. Um, that's my goal really is learn enough coding to understand it, to be able to work in the industry and, you know, play around with things like WordPress and make it look good. Yeah. Well, if you ever want help putting one up so you can start your weekly blog, uh, for <laughs> personal, you. just let me know. Um, and- I've been blogging on medium actually. I really love it. Um, medium.com. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, you got some little life hacks on there. Yeah, I'm, I edit the Life Hack Collection. If anyone's interested in writing for it, you can shoot me an email at Aaron at lift.do, L-I-F-T dot D-O. Um, but medium.com is definitely great for blogging. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I've been doing that. So how did you – is that just an open – I know medium.com has got multiple people on there that are posting things. How did you get involved with that? Did you just sign up and, and they accepted you or – well, I mean, full disclosure, Evan Williams is one of our investors. So we've always been close to medium.com. They also work just right above us, um, a few floors above us. So we've always been close. And through that, I got one of the early invites. Um, and I just started writing. And um, it was really through my connections, that, um, through just being interested in the space, in the productivity and life hack space. Um, someone reached out to me who was editing the collection and asked me to take over for him. Um, and I did. And so actually I'm working on the relaunch. They've changed a lot of how things work on medium.com with collections. Um, used to now you to be a writer to submit. So a little more work on our side, but, um, there should be more, more going on on life hacks collection soon. Very cool. That, that, that's a, it's an amazing site that I've checked out quite a bit of in the past. So I'm pumped to know that you're on there and I'll definitely be looking out for your articles as everybody else should do. Um, you got m- such a broad range of topics on there. So. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I um, that earlier. It's fun and crazy, but sometimes it's hard to just focus. Although we'll see maybe with meditation, I'll just choose one topic. I'll be so focused. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what kind of things that you do in the morning, but I, I was running into trouble with time trying to blog also. And what I've recently started doing is I will get on and 
WordPress and I'll actually make a post and I'll schedule it out to release at a certain time. And so I'll make sure that I'm not going to go through there and, you know, wimp out at the end and then stop the schedule date, but I'll try to write a little bit every morning, maybe 10 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. um, at a certain amount of time. You know, after I meditate, after I read a little bit, I'll try to write a little bit for about 20 minutes and on that post. And when it's done, it's done. And some of them go really long and some of them stop uh, rather short. But if it's not done by the time that schedules, then I'm going to look, you know, kind of like a goof sending it out there with a half made post. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great way to do it. Um, I know a few people who do that. I had a, I'm all about accountability buddies. Um, in fact, on Lyft, we're just launching our accountability coaching um, product, which is you can actually hire someone for between four and $15 a week to be your accountability coach, help you get through the hurdles of starting a new habit, um, give you some insight. But, um, a year ago I was trying to do the weekly blogging thing. Um, and the meditation book has kind of put that on the wayside for a little bit. I have to focus my writing on that. But um, I was, I had a Tuesday night deadline. And if I didn't make the Tuesday night deadline, I had to put $5 into a bucket for my friend. <laughs> um, and so in the end, at some point we decided to, I think four months later, we decided to nix it and we just took all the money that we owed each other and bought each other drinks. But um, <laughs> it was a really great system because there was someone else who also had to make, write a post and you were, I was held accountable to that. Yeah, I think there's an app out there that's it's not quite, you know, exactly like Lyft or anything, but you can actually you put money into the account and you set habits and if you don't do your habits, then it'll it'll actually take your money away. Yeah, there's and a if bunch If you do it, it'll actually bring it back, so. Yeah, there's a bunch of I think research also coming out around um financial incentives. Um the trick is getting the right financial incentive. You have to put enough money that it it hurts, but not so much money. You're actually in dire straits if you miss it. Um, I look at pizza as the most valuable thing in my life, though. So I don't know. <laughs> so maybe it can be pizza deliveries. <laughs> so if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody, you know, from the past or present, who do you think it would be? You know, who would you choose, and what would you create? Oh wow, that's a really good question. Um, I've actually been getting into, well, I think with the songwriters, I've been, I would really love to, um, I think his name is is Pat Pattison. Um, he teaches the Berkeley course, um, on Coursera for writing songs. I think I would love to meet some of the top songwriters and just spend time writing with them, you know, writing a song. Um, actually also, um, gosh, what's his name? I real I'm curious. I would love to work with like um, Weird Al and make yeah. write a satirical song about Silicon Valley. Um, I think Weird Al is one person, and then I want to say Dave Pogue also writes some satirical jokester songs. Um, God, I would love to just spend a day with them uh, making up stuff. So you like the satirical stuff, huh? I do. Um, it's funny. I hated reading until I read satire um, in high school. And then I read a lot, which is the only reason I got into college um, was that satire course because I hated reading. Um, and yeah, I just, I think there's something really special about making things funny and humor helps people learn. It makes people laugh. What's the point of anything if you're not making people happy or laughing? 
Um, so. Well, I completely agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. There is no point unless you're smiling and it's funny and you know, that's, that's the beauty of life. So yeah. on that note, if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big, ugly bastard, Aaron? Hmm. Well, I'm pretty short, so I would probably try to work that um, into the strategy. Um, I actually, I fenced. I'm a, I'm an ex-fencer. Um, really? So, yes, I might battle him with my fencing skills or just, you know, kind of weasel my way, trying to make him topple over by running under him and around him and... Something to that nature, I think, would work. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about anybody else coming on here and saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. That's a that's a neat neat little thing. Fencing. You don't run into that very often. Not in the South, at least. No, although there's some actually it's one of the best fencing schools in Atlanta. Um, funny. Well, that's a big international right. city that's kind of stuck in the middle of the South. <laughs> that doesn't count as the South. I wouldn't quite. Yeah, you can go anywhere outside of it, yes, but right in Atlanta, I don't know. Oh, that's funny. Well, I've I've been just ecstatic to have you on. I've been looking forward to it. Super Thank pumped. You. Thanks I'm for a having me. Huge fan of everything that you're doing. Obviously, can't wait till the next chapters of the book start dripping out. Yeah, make sure to download that. It's a book.lift.do. And I'm actually curious, what's your number one benefit from meditation? Like what has just changed in your life the most because of your meditation practice? Uh, completely eliminating anxiety, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. The things that I used to worry about that were so not worth worrying about. I mean, just multitasking like crazy, always worrying about something, trying to prepare the next thing because my life is, is crazy busy. And I realized that when I start meditating that, 99% of that stuff wasn't worth even giving my attention to in the first place. And so now I've kind of really started to see way more of the beauty in life. If you know what I mean? Like when you come back from your meditations, you just appreciate everything so much more and it's, you're, you're so much happier. And I think that's very infectious to people that are around you also. Definitely. Um, mood is absolutely infectious. Um, that's really great to hear. If that's not enough to start meditating, right? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody get out there, you know, take your, take your slippers off, get out of your bathtub or your bubble bath and, and, or just stay in and do a little meditating. Um, if you have to go outside and make it interesting, you know, where you're out in the front yard wearing only your tube socks and your neighbors are staring at you kind of weird because you're meditating, it'll still be an amazing thing. And even though you might get arrested, you know, you'll, you'll be very mindful afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. So do you have any favorite advice, uh, resources, or tools that you'd like to share with our listeners? Obviously, Lyft is a huge uh, resource that everybody should check out. Um, but do you it's, have anything else that you like to use to kind of keep on pace with your days? That I like to use. Um, earplugs are really helpful, <laughs> especially if you tend to be distracted. I think earplugs are great. And a meditation practice, those are probably the most useful things. Um, I would say that I love... I love using Wonderlist actually as a tool for tracking my, I'm always switching between Trello and Pivotal or Wonderlist, whatnot, but I really like Wonderlist. Um, I think the most important thing though about any um, task management system is that it's in your face. 
so you see it. Not too much, so it distracts you, but enough so that you see it. Um, I once made my own personal Kanban on my window. Um, I was lucky to have a bay window, so I had like my do doing done on different window panels. Um, and that was helpful because every day I went home and I saw what I had to do and where the cards were. But so often I'll, you know, put something into a tracker and I just don't look at it ever again. So I think that's really important. Um, what do I do? Yep. Wonderlist um, is so I'm fantastic. I actually take pictures of my food. I don't actually journal, but I just like taking the photo is, is uh, accountability itself. And um, advice, my advice is just kind of be open to new things and be open to being bad at something. I was bad at guitar for eight months. I'm only just starting to be decent enough where I can play in front of people and they're impressed. I, I remember sending a video I was really proud of in two months after playing guitar to my little sister. And she's like, oh, that's really, Aaron, that's awful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is not what you should say to someone trying something new. Um, but just it's funny. I think we forget what it's like to be bad at something when we get older and it's an uncomfortable feeling. It's the same uncomfortable feeling that prevents people from keeping to a meditation practice because it is really uncomfortable to focus on the present when you're not used to it. Um, just like it's uncomfortable to be really bad and not be able to do things. And eventually you'll become comfortable and you just have to be able to accept that feeling and be okay with that feeling. And then it'll, it'll work out from there. So that's what I probably the most important advice. Same goes with writing. Same goes with everything. Sometimes it just feels uncomfortable. And that's the goal also why practice is so important. Writing every day is not about, you know, being creative every day. Well, it is. It's, you know, it's not like you're going to write a masterpiece every day, but I feel like if you write every day, you just get into the practice and you, you get used to the feeling of, you know, not knowing what to write. You get used to those feelings and you can then more easily overcome them because they're not weird anymore. Yeah. And the yeah, creative the blocks, blocks start to slip this. away. So, and you know, everything is completely difficult before it's easy. And every new experience is always uncomfortable before it's comfortable. And, and you, I, I, I totally believe that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Yeah. And you can, um, if you have, you know, for instance, ta ta find ways to tackle the different things. Writer's block. It's funny. Um, I think it was, I forget who it was. I want to say the founder of Boing Boing. Um, he said, you know, surgeons don't get writer's block or surgeons don't get surgeon's block. So how can writers get writer's block? Right. Um, there's really like a mindset to it. And so for me, if I don't really know what to write, um, I try not to go and read because then I just get sucked into reading. I know some people will say, oh, read about the topic, you'll get inspired. But if I don't know what to write, for instance, for um, the, on the book, I'll open my diary and just start like writing or just free writing fiction or just a personal story or just a comment on on what was happening that day just to get my muscles moving and my brain thinking. And then, you know, after five minutes, I'll go back to the chapter and it's easier to just write. Um, there's another writing website, Draft, um, which is really great um, because it has this mode called Hemingway mode where you turn it on and then you can only type. You can't go backspace. You can't make edits, nothing. You can just type forward. So that's, you know, another tool that you can use if you find yourself stuck in writer's block or you find yourself rewriting the same sentence over and over. Go into draft, um, log in, start writing in Hemingway mode, and like you'll be forced to write something. 
Um, that's so. awesome. What's the it, what's the website for that? Let me let me see. Um, I, I I need that. It's fantastic. I mean, I it's funny. I don't write my stories in there, but I well, I I won't don't publish my stories in there, but I I will open it up and write. Um, I want to say it's draftin.com. So D R A F T I N.com. It's a free site. They ask for donations. This brilliant guy made it. Um, he's also he also happens to be the CEO, I think, of High Rise now, one of the thirty seven signals companies. So, um, oh, it's great. I love that's draft is just like wonderful. I mean, the only reason I haven't written anything in draft or published anything in draft is because I haven't been blogging lately. But um, for- I'm signed up and logged into the dash. Great. Check out Hemingway Mode. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate that. And how can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to? Um, I know you're on the interwebs and the social medias, the Twitters yeah, and things like that. you can follow me on Twitter. It's Erin Fry, E-R-I-N-F-R-E-Y, um, or at Erin Fry, to be more accurate. Um, or email me at Erin at lift.do, L-I-F-T dot D-O, um, or any at lift.do email, which will, and just say you want to get in touch with Erin and Tony will get it or someone will get it and they'll just forward it to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> and your, your Twitter cover photo is amazing. It's you and a bunch of aliens. So, uh, yeah, you know, I was in Rhode Island. Um, they do a lot of, I guess with the RISD there, they do a lot of, um, music, uh, movie making and, um, costumery. And so I was just walking down the street one day, there are a bunch of guy, uh, people in costumes, monsters, um, and then somehow these people, I gave my phone to someone who was definitely drunk, but somehow they took a great photo. Um, <laughs> so. It is an awesome photo. I don't think I would ever take that down. <laughs> no, I, no, I really don't want to. Um, maybe I guess maybe one day I'll be a super professional career, not working in a startup. I'll have to put on something really boring, but not. No, <laughs> not. By then you'll be a professional musician. You just wear alien suits. <laughs> Right. Especially if you're hanging out with Weird Al Yankovic, you know. Yeah, God, I would love to. Oh, that would be that would be amazing. Well, anyway. Aaron, it's been so much fun, and I really appreciate you coming on. And once Great. again, you know, blog.lift.do, book.lift.do, lift.do. Those are uh, must attends, and and I've I've had a blast. So it's been a great conversation, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for being the Archapreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky, Aaron. Will do. Always. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archapreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check him out, Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.